0: Our passage this morning is the one I just read to our kids, Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 9. I'm not going to read it again. You all just heard it. You can feel free to keep it open uh, and available as we walk through a few of these verses. Uh, from this passage, I'm going to preach from the title Generous Caretakers. Generous caretakers. I've noticed a couple of assumptions in our culture about how to live the good life. Assumptions that are actually very counter to what we find in scripture. The first of these cultural assumptions is that greed is good. Now, very few people in our culture would say that so explicitly. But for example, Not very many of us are losing sleep in our comfortable and safe homes, knowing full well that we have neighbors sleeping on the streets uncomfortably and unsafely. Greed is good is one of the cultural assumptions. Uh, The other cultural assumption is similar to the first, and it's this. We are born into lack and must strive for abundance. This assumption includes even those who are born into wealth, who never quite have enough, who are always a little anxious about sliding into scarcity. As I said, neither of these assumptions reflect the biblical vision for the good life God created us for. In scripture, greed is most definitely not good. It is a sin. Uh, And although our sin has cracked this good world, Scripture shows us that we are still born into a situation held together by the God of plenty, the God of abundance. We see God's vision, as opposed to our culture's vision, for the good life exemplified by the unnamed woman in this passage. Her extravagant generosity was praised by Jesus because she gave what she had. With her scented offering, this woman rebuked greed with generosity, and she testified that she was standing not in a place of lack, but abundance. Some of you right now are already like, okay, this is a sermon about money. We get it. Pledge Sunday next week. You are correct. Sort of. Let me make a confession. A few weeks ago, I learned from our amazing facility team. I need us to make some noise for our facility team right now, y'all. Absolutely incredible how they're leading us. I, I learned from our facility team that there would only be two weeks from the start to the finish of the capital campaign to raise three hundred and fifty four thousand dollars for the down payment for the former St. Ambrose property. Did you hear me say two weeks last Sunday As Ken reminded us, the team rolled out the campaign. And next Sunday, as part of our worship service, we will all make our pledges to this effort. And I am not a fundraising expert, not at all. But I have been around church long enough to know that this very well may be the shortest fundraising campaign in all of church history anywhere. And the facility team had very great wisdom in making this decision. After all, we we have only until the end of May to complete our due diligence, which includes raising the amount for the down payment and securing pledges for $2.11 million over the next three years. Great wisdom. But only two weeks. That didn't give us enough time to plan a dynamic preaching series about stewardship and generosity. That did not give us enough time to recruit people to share testimonies of God's generous faithfulness or to secure some matching donations. That didn't give me enough time to feel like I had done enough to make this vision a reality. In a society which honors greed over generosity, it is very easy for me to succumb to a starting point of scarcity rather than abundance. Two weeks just didn't seem like enough time. And then this woman walks through the text and pours out her costly perfume all over Jesus's head. And her example is so significant that all four Gospels record it. And it's not just her. There is the woman who places her very last coin in the temple offering, commended by Jesus for an attitude of trust which shamed the gifts of the wealthy. There is Barnabas selling his field and bringing the proceeds to the church so that the needs of the poor could be met. There are the young churches scattered throughout the Roman Empire, faithfully collecting an offering for persecuted and famished Christians in Jerusalem who they probably would never meet. And it is then the testimonies of these early Christians, but especially this worshiping woman who have reminded me this week that two weeks is not too little. Not too little for the generous God of abundance. And so it's from this woman's story, from her example, that I want to pull my theme this morning, and it's this. God created us to be generous caretakers. God created us to be generous caretakers. And I believe this is true both for the collective vision that we find ourselves in right now of purchasing the former St. Ambrose, as well as for the more intimate and personal visions for how each of us pursue God's good life for us. To be a caretaker was part of God's original plan for humanity. In Genesis 1 and 28, God creates humanity and he says, now I'm I'm placing you in a position where you will be responsible to care for all of the creation. Your role in the creation as those bearing the image of God is to make sure the rest of the creation grows into its God-given potential." To be human then, to be created in the image of God, is to be given a sphere of influence. To be given a, a sphere where your will can bring about the flourishing and the goodness of the creation that's within your sphere of influence. Uh, it's, it's like having a little kingdom that we align with God's big kingdom. Uh, having a will that we align with God's will. This is what it means to be human, is to be caretakers of creation. Caretakers take care so that if God's intention is fulfilled, everything within our sphere of influence is doing great, is growing up to what it's supposed to be, is living into its God-given purpose. The relationships, the, the land itself, Everything around you is growing into its God-given potential. This is what it means to be a caretaker. And I think we learn something about being a caretaker from this unnamed woman in our passage. Now, maybe this is Mary. Because in the Gospel of John, there's a similar story. And and Mary is the one who pours out the perfume. Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Because they lived in Bethany as well. Bethany was the the last stop on the pilgrimage before reaching Jerusalem. It's the place that Jesus spent a lot of time at. We don't know a lot about this woman from our passage. We really only know two things. First, she had this costly jar of nard. And the second thing we know is that she poured that jar out on Jesus's head. She anointed Jesus for his burial. She took what she had. She took what she was responsible for. She took what was under her care and she used it to bless Jesus. Now, again, this jar of perfume may have been in her family for generations, It was so expensive. So some of you have some of these things, like some of you have unburnt candles that are from the 1940s in your house. Or you have jars of perfume that are like, you know, the crystal jars and super. And and you've never even smelled that thing, but it looks really nice. And it just it's going to go down to your children at some point. The problem with heirlooms, the problem with costly, pricely heirlooms is that they can just start to recede into the background. They can just become part of the wallpaper so that we don't even notice that they're there anymore. We forget that they are under our care. But this woman didn't. She paid attention to what was under her care. She paid attention to what she had at her disposal to bless Jesus. What do you care for? What is under your care? I, I want to help us answer that question with my very sophisticated drawing this morning. I did trace my circles, just so you know. I tried to do it freehand, Richard. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't look good. It, it looked too abstract. Now, I've taught about this before, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. This is a refresher. To be created in the image of God as human beings is to be created for four relationships. The relationship with God... The relationship with others, the relationship with the creation itself and the relationship with self to be created in the image of God is to have healthy, flourishing relationships in all four of these directions. This is what it means to be an image bearer of God. To be conscious and intentional about nourishing each of these four relationships. Now we know that sin has cracked each of these four relationships. Amen. We know that there can be static between us and each of these four relationships. But this is God's desire. This is God's intention. What is under your care? One of the ways to start getting at that question with some specificity is to begin thinking about these four relationships. Now, let me try to make it a little bit less abstract. So one of the ways that Christians have have thought about what we are called to care for is through the three T's. What's the first one? Time. What's the second one? Talent. And what's the third one? Everybody's favorite. Treasures. All right. So, so, so one of the ways that we can think about how we are actually caring for each of the four relationships that we were created for is through how we spend our time, our talents, experiences, education, uh, what you're naturally good at, what you worked really hard to get good at, spiritual gifts, right? All of that. And then our, our treasures, our, our resources, our iPads, our money. <laughs> So so how do we let, let me try to make it even more practical. Okay. Some of you know that I like to go bird watching on my Sabbath day, which is Tuesday, almost every week. And I know some of you're like, "Good Lord, another sermon illustration about birds. This man needs to get more well-rounded." I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um so on most Tuesdays, I use my time to get out of the house and to get out into creation. This is an example of my relationship with the creation, with how I'm caring for creation. So I choose to take my time because most of the week I don't get to be outside. I don't get to be paying attention to wildlife and weather patterns and birds. And I don't have time for that. But on Tuesdays, I have time. So I take my time. And then what I like to do is take pictures of birds and post them to my social media accounts. And so, so, so if, you're, if, you, if, you're, if we're friends on social media, almost every Tuesday, I'm, you know, pictures of birds, um, which maybe, I mean, that makes you want to follow me or unfollow me. I'll leave that to you. It's up to you. So, um, so now I'm not an amazing photographer, but I've gotten better. So I'm taking my developing talents. Like I bet I'm better than most of you at taking pictures of birds. Now, you all are better at me than most other things, but I can probably take a better picture of a bird than most of you because I've been practicing for a few years now. So I'm taking my talent to take a picture of a bird that I hope when I post will cause you to stop doom scrolling for a second and be like, oh... Jesus takes care of the birds of the air and feeds them, too, so I don't have to worry. Okay, so I'm trying to use my time and my talents. And then I I have a camera. It's not a cheap camera. Like, I invested some money in this camera. We saved up for this camera. I have some lenses that I use. I spent my treasure on this camera. So I'm using my time, my talents, and my treasure as a way of caring for my relationship with God's creation. Are you with me? now let me give you another example using the Kims because they're about to leave so I can use them as an example. Okay. I have watched Juan and Crystal grow in their capacity to host people in their home. To to use their home to make people feel welcomed and cared for. I, I don't think it's putting their junk out there too much to say this is an area they've grown in right? Like all of us, they've chosen to, to grow in this area. So they're taking their time. This is a relationship with others. They're taking their time, their evenings, setting aside their evenings to welcome people into their home. They're using their talents. Crystal's a pretty good cook. She can make some good food, right? They're taking their talents to feed people really, really well. They're using their treasures to make sure there's some good food and some good drink so that you feel welcomed in there. Some of you are like, I want an invitation to the Kim's house now. Don't worry. They're not moving. You can probably work that out. They're still going to stay where they are. Do you you see what I'm trying to illustrate here? That with our time, our talents, and our treasure, we care for the four relationships that God has created us for. Is this, this, give me at least a nod. Okay. Okay. So, so so, this is what it can look like to be caretakers of creation, generous caretakers. Do you know what you care for? Like if, if, if somebody asks you right now, tell me what you care for, would you be able to describe it with some precision, with some specificity? Because if not... If not, the tendency is going to be to slide into those cultural assumptions of greed and scarcity. But you see, once we're clear about this, then we start to see abundance everywhere. Then we start to see generosity everywhere. Then we start to situate ourselves in a position of God's abundance and generosity rather than greed and lack. Amen? Okay, so... God has created us to be generous caretakers. That word generous is pretty important. And when we think of generosity, most of us are probably prone to think about uh, giving money. And that's a part of it. Let's not downplay that. That is important. But I think in Scripture, generosity is much more a posture, a posture toward all of life, right? It's a posture that can only exist if, like the woman in our passage, you're standing on the ground of abundance rather than scarcity. Right. So if you're standing on that ground, how you move through life is generously with assumptions of of generosity. Now, uh, we're not always great examples of that. God is. God is the example of being a generous caretaker. Let let me line up three very quick, short passages from the Apostle Paul to try to make this point. Romans chapter eight, verse thirty two. God, who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not with him also give us everything else? Galatians 2 and 20. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Finally, Ephesians 5 and 2. Christ loved us and gave himself for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, let's get in the weeds for just a second. The word that Paul uses for give in all three of these passages is a word that's a little bit more precise than just give. It's the Greek word parodidomy, which means something more like delivered over. Uh, Delivered over into someone's hands. Delivered over into someone's power. It is the opposite of of clinging, of grasping, of holding on to, uh, of that anxious hoarding that is so common in our culture. Anybody remember all how much how much toilet paper you had in your house at the start of the pandemic? Right? Harodytomy is the opposite of that. It's open handed, delivering over for someone else's benefit. God is the ultimate generous caretaker. Because God demonstrates care by delivering himself over for our salvation. Can I preach the gospel for just a second? God could have defended his fragile creation from our exploitation, but instead he gave himself away. To save us from our own exploiting ways, God could have turned away from idolaters like us, but instead, He gave Himself away to free us from the idols of our own making. God could have protected the power which is rightfully His alone. But instead, he gave himself away to defeat the powers of evil which were tearing this world apart. God could have isolated himself in the sufficiency of his own glory, but instead, he gave himself away to apply his healing glory to a world bruised by sin. God could have contented himself in the self-giving love which is the Trinity. Father, Spirit, Son, existing in adoring mutuality beyond the bounds of time. But instead, instead, he gave himself a way to welcome his prodigal daughters and sons back to the one holy God who just is our forever home. God could have chosen to rule the universe from on high. The heavens as His throne and the earth as His footstool. But instead, He delivered Himself over to the tender frailties of our humanity. He delivered Himself over to the vulnerable experiences of tiredness and terror and temptation. He, he delivered Himself over... To the wicked whims of powerful and insecure men. He delivered himself over. Am I preaching to three or four of you? To the cruelty of domination and exploitation, to the schemes of sin and death and the devil. Oh, our God could have kept himself at a righteous and holy distance from our sin, but instead he delivered himself unto death, even death on a cross. so that we might bow a knee to Jesus and Jesus alone, so that we might worship Jesus and Jesus alone, so that we might confess our hearts true allegiance to Jesus and to Jesus alone. Do you want to know how to live as the generous caretaker God created you to be? Look to Jesus. Living as the caretakers God created us and called us to be, means living generously, delivering over our lives for the care of the creation, for the glory of God and for the good of our neighbors, because God created us to be generous caretakers. I hope you see the personal application to everything we've seen so far this morning. I want us to zoom out for a second and think about the season that we find ourselves in as a church right now. You've heard updates regularly about the former Saint Ambrose property. Some of you don't know that it was actually nine years ago that our church started saving for a facility. We didn't need one. We just felt like God was asking us to be good stewards and to begin to begin saving corporately for that. And we had a vision for, you know, a small building, a multi-purpose building, something kind of like this. And then about three or four years later, we started new community outreach, and, and that nonprofit started to grow quickly. And we said, oh, the vision is not just for the church, it's for the, the nonprofit as well. We need a multi-purpose space. We can do programming during the week and then set up for Sunday. That's what, that's what the vision is. And, 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 and we tried to make that happen, didn't we, Derek? We tried. We tried. Our realtor would send Derek and me different listings and little storefronts and little three-story flats. And we said, well, how are you going to make that work exactly? We're going to worship on three different stories. How's that? Nothing. When I tell you nothing, nothing. And then she sent us St. Ambrose. And I still thought, we still haven't seen anything that's going to work for us. Because we're looking for one building, and that's three buildings. And just one building is way more space than we need. And it costs way more than we imagined it made absolutely no sense. Until God began to refine the vision a little bit. Until we began to understand that the vision was not just God providing for our church and for our nonprofit, but rather God inviting us to be the next generations of caretakers for this property, to be the next generation of generous caretakers for this property in a way that would bring glory to our God and would be a blessing to our neighbors. Then we started to see maybe God is inviting us to something bigger than we were anticipating. Because you see, Cambridge Christian Academy has been trying to get back into the school building at Cambridge for a long, long time. Right, Pastor Michelle? Many, many years. They've they've had a vision of being back in that building where they can grow in the community, where they can be rooted in the community that God has called them to. This black-led Christian school in our neighborhood providing another good educational opportunity, and option for the families in our community and new community outreach, rather than shrinking during the pandemic, actually grew very, very rapidly. So so that we have now over a hundred students just in our our, our key program alone. And and if you go to the ministry center like I did on a Saturday, you realize we ran out of space a long time ago when you see all the mentors and all the students in that space. And so God is maybe inviting us to think about using the space for the growth of New community outreach in a way that will be a blessing to the young people in our community. And then the sanctuary. A sanctuary that's bigger than I would have ever imagined. But that would allow this multiracial congregation to be a city on a hill. Not through our own perfection. Not through our own works. But through the confession of our brokenness. And that through that confession, God is uniting a people across cultural lines of hostility and division. Somebody say amen. Could it be, we're asking right now. Could it be that God is calling New Community Covenant Church to be the next generation of generous caretakers for that property? Because you see, the, 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 the archdiocese of Chicago have, have been the, the generous caretakers of that property for a hundred years. And there's been great things that have happened in that space because they've been generous caretakers for a hundred years. Who's going to be the next generation of caretakers? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want there to be condos in those buildings. I don't want to see a sign out front of those buildings saying luxury condominiums to come. I want to see that property, whether it's us or somebody else, utilized for the good of our community in a way that will bless our actual neighbors. Is God calling new community to be the next generation of caretakers for this property? The doors have been opening, church. I thought they were closing here and there. And then they keep opening back up. And I've told some of you I was okay when they seemed to be closing. And then they keep opening back up. We're still asking. We don't know yet for sure. We're waiting for inspection reports to come back, building inspection, environmental inspection. We're, we're uh, waiting to see what our denomination says about funding this project because this is a little out of the box for our denomination we're waiting to see how the, the relationship and the contract comes together with Cambridge Christian Academy. And maybe most, obviously, we're waiting to see what happens with our fundraising efforts, both internally and externally. We are asking God, are you calling us to be the next generation of caretakers for this property? And We're waiting on God to see his answer. Uh, I want you to pull out this handout that you that you each have. I know most of you probably already figured out what it is. If not, and you're wondering the orientation, this is up and down, left and right. So this is, this is the St. Ambrose property. And on the left of the page is the sanctuary. And then the smaller building attached to it is the rectory. And then the building off to the right is the school. Those of you who are online can actually click just below the sermon title. There's a link. You can pull this up and have access to this. I want to ask that you bring this handout home and to use it this week as you are prayerfully discerning what God is calling you to pledge this coming Sunday. Because you see, the question for us as a church is, is this what God is calling us to? Is God calling us to be the caretakers of this place? Is that that what God is asking us to grow into? But that that leads to a whole bunch of personal questions for each one of us. Amen. And we have to know what God has given us to care for before we can answer this question. So I don't want you to start this week by asking God, how much are you calling me to pledge? Don't start there. Instead, start with God. What have you placed in my care? And I I want you to fill up this page with your own versions of St. Ambrose if God is calling us corporately to this, well, what is your version of this in your own life? What are the relationships? What are the places? What are the networks? What is the educational experience? What is the longevity of your time in Chicago? You, you can get really creative with this. What has God called you to care for? How has God, you called, God called you to be a caretaker of these specific things in your life. Fill this up and then begin to pray. God, from that place of abundance and generosity, what are you calling me to give for this, for this project? Does that make sense to you all? Does everybody have one of these? Fill it up. Fill it up this week. Use it in your time of prayer and your time of devotions. Zach, you can come on up. Um, I want to give you a couple more examples of this before we close. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Sonia and I put out like an all points bulletin. We got this grant that we got to do that could be applied to this building purchase. It's for a lot of money. We think it's worth it even though we had like, felt like two seconds to complete it. It was like two weeks. It was, it was or I don't know. It was not a lot of time. We said we need help. And so Susan Sperry said, I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time. But I do have some, I do have some expertise with grants so you can send me a draft of it and I'll review it. So that's what I can do. Andy, is Andy here? Andy said, I actually have a lot of, this is what Andy does for a living. I have a lot of talents around this so, and, and I have some time, so I'm actually willing to help write this grant. Sony and I were very thankful for, for that. <laughs> and so so people just said, this is what I have. This is what I have. And so so here's how I can invest. Here's how I can participate. And we were able to get that grant out the door in really, really good shape because a handful of you said, here's what I have to contribute. Last week during our, uh, our facility meeting, we took questions afterwards. I don't know. Is Jane here? Is Jane here? Where's Jane Jane here? Jane, Jane raised her hand. Jane raised her hand. She said, okay, in addition to giving, what else should we be doing? And she was kind of like, hint, hint, pray, hint, hint, pray. It's not quite how you said it. That's kind of my interpretation, right? Because you see, God has given Jane the gift of intercessory prayer. She has made Jane, he's made Jane a prayer warrior. And so she's taking how her disposition and her spiritual giftedness and saying, let's, I need to bring this. I need some of you all to bring this as well. Again, if you could see our facility team and how they're operating and they're each bringing different parts of this to the table, It's an example to me of what could be true for all of us because we're all called to be generous caretakers. This is how God created us. Let me tell you what my prayer has been over the past few months as as the doors keep opening. It's this. God, please don't let any of us miss out on what you want to do for each one of us. God, please don't let any of us miss out on what you want to do for each one of us. That has not been my only prayer. I prayed for miracles. I prayed for some. Have I prayed for anybody to win the lottery? Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. I don't know if God answers that prayer or not. I've prayed other prayers. I've had to pray prayers, of confession about my own lack of faith. Don't get me wrong. Lots of prayers. But my most consistent prayer, God, do not let any one of us miss out on what you want to do for every single one of us. Because if God is leading new community to be the next generation of generous caretakers for this small part of God's creation, then that means he is leading each of us, women and men, boys and girls who make up this church community to grow in our own individual caretaking capacities. If God is leading the church to grow in our faith, then he is inviting you to grow in your faith too. If God is leading the church to grow in our vision for abundance, then he is inviting you to grow into abundance as well. If God is leading us to grow in generosity as a church, then he has invited you to deeper and deeper levels of generosity in your own life. If God is delivering our church from the temptation of greed... Then he is inviting you to be free from the temptation of greed. If God is giving us a more expansive view of his provision, then he is inviting you to taste and to see of his provision as well. Please, church, do not miss out on the season that God has us in together. Please don't miss how the alabaster jars of perfume in your care can be used to anoint the body of Christ. Please do not miss the opportunity to walk more fully into the good life of abundant generosity that God has created you for and is calling us to. Amen. Let's pray church. Generous God, in a world which has normalized greed, which has internalized scarcity, you delivered yourself over for the restoration of the entire universe. You held nothing of yourself back, giving your very self for our salvation. And so this morning, we thank you again for such impossible generosity. We thank you again for cracking our vision of lack with evidence of the divine abundance rippling through all of your creation. And so as we come to your table again to feed on the lavishness of your grace, convince our hearts again of your provision. Help us to see this life And our place in it through the eyes of the one who clothes the lilies of the field. Who feeds the birds of the air. And who welcomes the prodigal home to a feast beyond imagining. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.